Good morning and welcome. Welcome to, to the Lord's Supper. Welcome to this communion service. I want to extend a warm welcome to all of you who are here, who come from surrounding areas, right? I see people who come from Tweed, from Maydock, from uh, Marlbank. Is that how you say it? Yeah. And even people who come all the way from Oshawa, you know? There are some who come here. You're all welcome. And may you all feel at home here in this church and in the presence of the Lord. Uh, you know, uh, I grew up in the Seventh-day Adventist church. That doesn't represent any advantage. I'm just telling because that's how it was. <laughs> I can't fake it. So I was born in the church and I grew up in the church. And I remember going to church when uh, there, were communions, there was communion service on, on certain Sabbaths. And I remember it being a, a very uh, sober occasion, but maybe uh, a heavier one than probably it, it should be. Uh, there was this sense of, of heaviness. And even though this is supposed to be a sober occasion, a very solemn occasion, I should say, uh, it's not supposed to be something that we do heavily as if we were carrying a burden. It's a day of joy. It's a day of gladness. Not only because it's the Sabbath, but because we're going to celebrate something that Jesus did for us that we could not do for ourselves. And we were, we were born in a state of separation from God. That's something we inherited from Adam and Eve. We were born separated from God, but thanks to Jesus' coming here and offering His life for us, we now have hope. We have hope that one day things will be completely different. We'll have hope that one day things will be restored to, it, to their original state. I was hoping to hear an amen for that. Amen. I know this is uh, Belleville, but uh, amen. Praise God for that. Because we, we had no choice. We had no, no future. We had no hope. But Jesus came and gave his life and bridged now the gap between us and God. And now we have, we have hope that one day things will be different. Amen? Amen. amen. Praise the Lord for this. Let me ask God's blessing for this message now. Father, we thank you once again for this opportunity. And now as we open your word, I ask you that you may enlighten us, that all who are present here may hear your words in spite of myself. Use me as your instrument, anoint my lips, and may every word, every thought that I express here come from you. I ask you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we read here in, in Titus chapter 2 verses 11 through 14. That the grace of God brings salvation. And this grace has appeared to all men. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. We should live soberly, righteously and godly in the present age. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for us. That he might redeem us from every lawless deed. And purify for himself his own special people zealous for good 
works. We read here that there is, there is a blessed hope. There is a blessed hope in our future. And that blessed hope is, is the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So it is said in the Bible, it's prophesied here that when Jesus comes, it's going to be glorious. It's going to be bright. It's going to be a great event. But the truth is that it was not so when he came the first time. So I want to ask you, I want to invite you to, to go with me on a journey. On a journey through Jesus' life here on earth as we celebrate today the Lord's Supper. It was a quiet night, a very calm night when Jesus was born. You know, there was no glory, no human glory attached to it. There were no presidential limos. There were no chariots, royal chariots. There was nothing like that. Uh, uh, not Adam and Eve, actually. Joseph and Mary could hardly find a place to lay their heads that night. They finally found a place. And there, that silent, quiet night, Jesus was born. Only his parents were there and maybe a few animals, but nothing more than that. However, the angels from heaven, feeling the importance of that event, recognizing that finally grace had incarnated, God's mercy had been shown in human form, and Jesus was born. And with that, the promise of the redemption of the human race was starting to be fulfilled. Because of that, the angels could not contain themselves. And, and two of them appeared to, to a few shepherds down there in the field. And they said, tonight a baby is born. The Messiah is come. The Son of God is born. Go see him. And all of a sudden, as the shepherds were preparing to go see Jesus... A choir of angels gathered and they sang glory to God in the highest and peace among men. Glory to God because now salvation has come. Jesus was born. So the shepherds went to see him. Went to see that baby and later on wise men came all the way from the east because they had studied scripture and they had understood that Jesus was the Messiah and they followed the star and they came to see Jesus and they worshipped him. They gave him gifts. They offered him gifts. And Jesus was presented before God in the temple and as a healthy child he started to grow and to grow and he became a, an infant, a toddler and then a boy, a young boy. And later on, a, a teenager, we don't know much about Jesus in, in his teen years. But it's true that he was a teenager for a time. And later on, when he was about 30 years of age, he started, was ready to start his ministry here on earth. One day, John the Baptist said, you know, I baptize you with water, but there is someone who is, who is higher than me. And one day as John was still preaching to the crowd, he looked and he said, there he is. Behold, there he comes. That's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And Jesus came and, and Jesus 
begged John that he would baptize him. And John said, I should be baptized by you. And Jesus said, let's do it. Let's keep it like that for now. Baptize me so these people can see God manifested here. And Jesus was baptized and he started his ministry. And his ministry was one mainly of teaching, of healing, of inspiring people, of working to elevate people, of working to restore people to men broken hearts. Jesus' mission was one of relieving people's suffering and giving them a glimpse of what a life is in the glory of God. He was one who also reproved those who knowing it better would still do wrong. But Jesus' ministry was mainly a ministry of teaching. Not so much even of preaching, but of teaching. But he was preparing himself and preparing those around him for a special event. Because that's why he came here on earth. He came to surrender, to give his life for you and I and for all humanity. One day as we studied this morning, one day Jesus went up on the mountain. And there, after intense prayer, he was visited by Elijah and Moses. Jesus knew that his hour was coming. He was suffering. But he received comfort and encouragement from, from two men like you and I. Who were already in heaven. Who were already enjoying the delights of heaven. But they were enjoying it almost as a, as a, post, as a predated check. They were there but their salvation still depending on Jesus depended on Jesus sacrifice and the bible says in jude chapter uh, chapter 1 verse 9 jude verse 9 that when jesus came down to resurrect moses from the place where he was buried there was there was a battle that satan and his angels came and tried to prevent jesus from resurrecting Moses, because Satan was saying, oh, you don't have the right to resurrect him. You have no right to do that because he's dead, because he's condemned to death as a sinner. But Jesus said, I'm not going to discuss that with you. That's between you and the Father. I came here to resurrect my servant Moses and I'll do that. And Jesus did it. But still, a price still had to be paid for Moses' life, for your life and for my life. And Jesus knew that his hour was coming. And after coming down from the mountain with his face all shining bright. And the disciples recognizing that he was indeed having, having that confirmation that he was indeed the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus comes to the city and he says to his disciples in Luke chapter 22 verse 15. Luke chapter 22 verse 15 he says... Then he said to them with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Jesus knew that his hour was coming, but he had a fervent desire of sharing that meal with his disciples. So Jesus was about to, to put an end to a system of ceremonies and sacrifices 
that actually pointed out to him. Pointed to him as the Lamb of God. He was about to finish that. But in its place, in the place of that system of ceremonies, he was about to institute, to establish a service that would be a memorial of his sacrifice. And that would have to be observed by all his followers all across the earth until he would come. However, like I said in the beginning, it was not Jesus' purpose that this occasion would be a sorrowful occasion. Because even though he was going to die, it was his death that would give us life. And beyond that, he said that, I'm not going to have a meal like this until I receive you in heaven. And then we will all sit together on a table and then at the table and then we'll partake of that meal. Until then, I'll be waiting for you. So that's why I'm saying this is a, a joyful occasion because we are here to meet Christ and to remember that He gave all so that we might have life, abundant life. When, when Jesus established that, that occasion, that service, He started by washing the feet of his disciples. And you know that's the greatest. The greatest lesson of leadership. That you lead. By serving others. That you lead by. You lead by helping others. So Jesus himself. Knelt down. And washed the feet of his disciples. And after that they ate. And they drank. They ate of the unleavened bread. And they drank. Of the grape. Uh, the grape juice the uh, unspoiled grape juice. And when we eat and drink that, Jesus said, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I'll raise him up at the last day. Of course, this is symbolic language. Jesus was yet to die. It was not His very flesh. It was not His very blood. Jesus does not mean that we have to didn't mean that we have to drink his blood or in his flesh but when we eat of his flesh when we eat of the word of god we are actually assimilating that we are learning from his word that's what jesus meant when we eat his flesh when we eat the bread of life the words that i speak to you are spirit and they are alive john 6 63 and man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's our food. That's our spiritual food. Matthew 4, 4. So we feed on Christ. He is our food. He's the bread of life. And once we appropriate the benefits of Christ's atoning sacrifice by faith, this is going to be much more than just a memorial meal. When we participate in the Lord's Supper, we revitalize our life through Christ's sustaining power. That's what provides us with life and joy. When we participate in the Lord's communion service, we are showing that we are dependent on Him. And our spiritual life depends on our spiritual food and drink as much as our physical life depends on food and drink. And as we participate here today, we'll be looking for the blessed hope of the coming of Jesus. Because he said that he would not partake in a supper such as that until we were with him in his kingdom. 
So I invite you today to renew your hope. To renew your hope in the coming of Jesus. And as we participate of these ordinances and emblems, let us imagine those last scenes of the life of Jesus here on earth. But let us remember that Jesus is no longer in the tomb. That he died, but he resurrected, he rose again, and now he lives forever. And he's preparing a home for us. And I really wish I could hear a, a louder amen to that. Amen. But I'll keep trying. <laughs> because then, when he takes us to heaven, we'll partake with him of the supper of the Lamb. And we'll be with him forever and ever. So today is a joyful day, amen? amen? It is a happy day. So I invite you to participate in this communion service.